Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is Artie's Books Drunk. I'm Brandy. I'm Emma. And I'm Mariana. This is your booklet with a twist, and we are your happy hour girlfriends. Oh, <laughs> this month, we've been reading about a fighting spirit, Amanda Klutz, in her memoir, Live Your Life, my story about loving and losing Nick Cordero with Anna Klutz. Amanda is a true testament of a warrior in every sense of the word. Mm -hmm. She is a beautiful human being who shared her humanity with the world through its darkest times. Last week, we did our own sharing by chatting about our in-laws our thought process behind our wedding dress selections, and not only our religious beliefs, but that of our partners and ultimately the conversations, which those have sparked up over time. I don't know about you two, but these last chapters kept on reminding me of how grateful I am for my life and that of my family. Mm. Yeah. On the other hand, I couldn't stop the anguish I felt for Amanda and the astonishment I felt for her strength. Same. I also know that there's no stopping our bartender from providing us with some yummy goodness. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. What does Ricardo have in store for us hoy, Emma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, today's cocktail is bringing us back to Nick's roots. Last week, we woke him up. This week, we're going in, going back. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I guess you could say we're serving up a Cordero cocktail today. Oh, oh, okay. All right. I just liked the alliteration. Today's <laughs> cocktail pairing is called Oh Canada. Since Nick's family flew in from Canada to be with him in the hospital mm -hmm. and to honor his mom, Leslie's request that Elvis know his Canadian family and roots, our bartender made a drink that will transport you to and pay tribute to Nick's hometown. Here to share the recipe for this Canadian Cordero cocktail is our very own, the one and only, Ricardo. Woo! Yeah, Ricardo. Get us a cocktail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ciao, ladies. Welcome to the bar. Hola. Hi. How are you? She's back. She's yeah. back. Yes, yes Ricardo. Back to the bar. Yes. And I'm sorry, Mariana is not a tequila-based cocktail. I know. She can't She can't drink that anyway right now, so yeah. maybe that's better. I know. It's better. But you have to make up and drink all the cocktails that oh, we Oh, yeah, have. that's right, happening. Right, right. Done. Yeah. We're going to hold you to it's that. It's going to happen. <laughs> all in one day. Yeah. I'm up for the okay. challenge. So the cocktail of today is called O Canada, and uh, oh. it's a whiskey-based cocktail. Mm. Um, Canadian whiskey is a little bit different than American whiskey. Uh, oh. Usually, it started being like similar to our bourbon, to your bourbon, actually, oh. not our. <laughs> oh, that was a slip. Yeah. That was a slip. <laughs> So it was more corn-based, but when the market in Canada started to change, they started becoming uh, uh, more similar to the rye whiskey that, that we consume here. It's more, uh -huh. it's still a blend of, let's say that is like having a bourbon, but with the highest possible concentration of rye. And that's an idea uh -huh. of, uh, of Canadian whiskey. So okay. for this recipe, if you don't find any Canadian whiskey, mm -hmm. the Redemption, uh, that is a brand uh, pretty popular here, they make a bourbon high in rye. That is the okay. closest thing that you can find uh, as an American uh, whiskey to a Canadian whiskey. Huh. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so for this recipe, we're going to need an ounce and a half of Canadian whiskey, mm -hmm. half of an ounce of Cointreau or Triple Sec, half of an ounce of lemon juice, a quarter of an ounce of very Canadian maple syrup, <laughs> and a couple of dashes of uh, uh, Angostura bitter. We put all the ingredients in the shaker. The only thing is the maple syrup can't be the first ingredient, just because otherwise uh, it's gonna stick on the bottom of, the, right. of the shaker and it's never gonna add anything to the flavor. So. Put it last in, uh, with the with the bitter. Shake very hard. Mm -hmm. This is one of the cases where <laughs> I recommend to shake with a big chunk of ice instead of a lot of mm, small uh -huh. pieces. Oh yeah. Uh, 
uh, again for to help the, the maple syrup to dissolve better so you don't dilute because it doesn't actually melt and and get once with cold water we should have right we could have done a maple syrup simple syrup but mm -hmm. then it's gonna be too sweet this uh -huh. one is just to give you a little bit of the hint of the flavor profile that but not sweetening sweeten too much the cocktail yeah we don't want that yeah yeah and, and you also don't want to get a big mouthful of like goopy syrup <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty gross <laughs> yeah but we're gonna shake all the ingredients and uh, strain on the rocks in a in a big glass uh, not for a particular reason it's just that I really suggest to have again a big rock instead of small rocks uh, okay. every whiskey based cocktail I prefer to yeah. with a, with a big rock instead of a lot of small ones just because yeah. a little bit of water helps opens up the flavor profile of the whiskey mm. too much water makes it disgusting yeah. so that makes sense. A big ice cube is our best ally in this case. The bigger, and the better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome back, Mariana. Oh, Canada. Sí, a la vostra saluta. Oh, Canada. Thank you, Ricardo. Ciao, ladies. Bye, Ricardo. All right, women. Cheaters. Salud. Clink. Mm. Ooh. I really like this. Me too. <laughs> do you not like it? I can't tell what your face is doing. <laughs> I do. This is taking me back to like five years ago. I used to drink drinks like this all the time. So this is I like I took a, my first sip and it transported me back to dark dive bars huh yeah <laughs> oh it's like what happened to amanda this week doesn't she she like hears a song and she's instantly back in like yeah on the beach yeah. in la or something yeah how's your seltzer mariana <laughs> <laughs> i really wanted a beer a glass of wine but today oh. i i have to do a little bit more breastfeeding because i i already gave her some formula earlier on so i kind of had to balance that gotcha that's Do okay. you get to have a glass later tonight? Like, I might. Okay, maybe with when dinner. mommy has some downtime later tonight. Yeah, I might have glasses yeah. having blanc. Oh, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Thirsty Thursday. We'll pre-cheers for you then. <laughs> cheers, cheers, cheers to mommy. To cheers to mommy time. Well, this drink is a win. I love it. Yeah, it's good. I could drink this all the time. Oh, my God. I can't wait to try it. It's good. It's. I mean, it kind of tastes like... It reminds me a little bit of like an amaretto sour without the super sweetness of the amaretto. I used Does to love amaretto you? sour, so I bet I would love this one. Me too. But it's like an amaretto sour without all the, the sugar. The sugar. Yeah, which is kind of perfect. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Emma doesn't agree. <laughs> No, I know. It's She's great. like, no. <laughs> well, I think you're good because of the lemon juice. Because the lemon juice is pretty, like, like, pop, yeah. like, wah, like zingy. Wah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I get more of the sour part. Mm. Right. No, but I like it. Which I like, yeah. Yeah. It's so short, though. I'm, I'm going to need it more. It is very short. I should have made a double. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't. I got a backup. I got something else. <laughs> All right. I got something else in the pocket. All right. True brandy style. Yeah. All right, Emma, get out of that dive bar and let's let's head over to talk about this week's chapters. Okay. This week, as Nick's health continues to vacillate, Amanda's emotions do too, as Nick's positive doctor, Dr. Ng, and his blunt doctor, Dr. Welch, keep giving her reports that seem to conflict. Anna becomes convinced that Nick will wake up on Mother's Day as a gift to Amanda, a holiday we learn he unintentionally ignored the year prior while she was still pregnant. His eyes had slowly been opening for days, but during their Mother's Day FaceTime call, Nick's eyes open, then he starts to, starts to be able to communicate through blinks and eye movements, and finally, Dr. Ng pronounces him officially awake, though he's still very weak. Despite this progress, when Amanda comes to the hospital, she's told that he's severely acidotic and isn't expected to make it through the day. She calls for his family, and she and Anna spend the rest of the day praying over him, thanking him for fighting so hard for so long, singing, 
dancing, and telling stories. By the end of the day, his numbers are improved, and he's still alive, miraculously. Days later, though, she once again receives a call that she should get to the hospital immediately, as he isn't expected to last that much longer. By the time the family arrives, Nick has stabilized, and Amanda, emotionally exhausted, unleashes on the doctors who seem to be pushing her to let him go. After an emotional conversation with Nick's doctors, she's convinced them that they need to let go of the idea that she's going to let Nick go easily. She and Nick are ready to fight and try some outside-the-box treatments. Ooh, this week was hard. (laughs) I wept more than ever this week. Well, something that I really wanted to ask you to immediately, because this seemed to be like a big thing that happened this week, was this back and forth between her positive doctor Mm -hmm. and her blunt doctor. And I kept feeling myself be like, which would Mm -hmm. I rather have? Like, sure, you'd rather have something in the middle. And I know that even having those two perspectives seems really frustrating for her because she's not sure who to trust or who what to believe. Mm -hmm. But like what side if you could only pick one, what side of that camp do you think you would fall on? Would you want the positive doctor or would you want the doctor who, quote unquote, tells it like it is? To be completely honest, if I only had to choose one after having gone through my emergency C-section episode, I would rather have the, the doctor who is more blunt and telling me mm. how it is, no matter how hard it might be for me to hear it, because I'd yeah. rather be informed than not. And granted, Dr. And I was mispronouncing this, Dr. N- would you say? It's not NG, it's... Oh, I think it's Ng. It's Ng. I pronounced it NG last time in episode one, so my apologies. <laughs> if he was being really positive about it, and he was also being very honest, but I saw him more as like her point person. So she really relied on him. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Welch like came up with all this additional information that she had no idea that had happened or that was happening. So right. that's why it's like, well, wouldn't you want rather just hear it straight right away? Like at yeah. once, no matter how it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like she wouldn't have known about the holes in the lungs. No, if it wasn't for him. She had no idea. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think, Emma? I mean, that's a tough question. I feel like they – I feel like I would word it differently though because I think you can be realistic and be positive. I feel like being positive doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you're not getting the whole picture. I think it just means that like you're you're giving the whole picture but you're still also not – you don't think that you need to end the fight yet. So I mm-hmm. guess that's what I'm – I guess what I'm saying is I do want that in between, like you said, but I actually would have said I would rather the positive doctor. I would want to know everything that was happening. Right. But I would also want to know what was happening and also realize that based on everything she was saying that was true, like, but he did get better. He did open his eyes. Then why would you stop trying to fight? Yeah, for sure. I think the argument that got really tough this week was at what point does it become cruel to keep this person alive through these treatments? Mm-hmm. That that conversation was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And what's really hard is I think because it got to the point where not all the information was being given to her or in the way mm-hmm. that she could really receive it. Right. But then that's where the confusion was because she's yeah. like, well, you're, you know, all I'm. I'm with him. I'm seeing him open his eyes. He's tracing me now. Mm-hmm. He's responding. His eyes are moving. And Loretta's agreeing with everything that she I have to say. At this yeah. point. She's like, yeah, mom. Yeah. But then she's like being forced to make a decision to kind of basically just call it quits already. And the, so yeah. they're not necessarily listening to her and like are seeing right. like, and I get it. Medicine is showing you that it's impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Pay attention to me. Tell me you, ladies. Well, because the other bit of that that was so frustrating for me was the whole back and forth about who's allowed in the hospital, you know, like calling and yeah. saying that his family needed to get there right away and then they that, raced there and then yes. they wouldn't even let them upstairs. They were sitting on the curb for an hour. That's right, infuriating they too. In. Yeah, it's like you just called yeah. and said, get here as fast as you can. Why are you not letting them up? Right. up? As far as they know, they're sitting on a curb outside while their son is dying, dying upstairs. upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Without the chance to say goodbye. That was terrifying. I know. 
I did really feel for these doctors, too, though. Like, what a confusing time. I'm sure they're oh, not making this man. decision about who's allowed in and who's not. Right. You know what I mean? They're just the ones who have to tell people. Yeah. And I kept feeling for her, too, this week because I could tell that as angry as she was about the flip-flopping and about not being allowed in to see him as much as she wanted, I could also I could simultaneously tell that she felt very lucky right. because... Obviously, there were many, many, many people who never were allowed in and never got to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. So, and it's what tough. I found was- amazing is when she actually like spoke up for herself and really mm-hmm. told them everything that she had been facing during the whole ride. They really, at that point, they really listened. And there was more yeah. of like, there was this, an apology. And granted, they didn't know what they were dealing with either because of being in a pandemic. But they more or less understood a little bit more of where she was coming from. And I think they really appreciated her honesty at that point. Yeah, she became like a lioness in that moment. She did. She was, yeah, yeah, mama bear all the way. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. fierce. And then to top it all off, I guess because the story's been so focused on Nick and on COVID specifically, it was like I was surprised when we – when we got into the part about George Floyd and the riots, because it's like, oh, right, yeah. that was another huge element huge that was thing. going on. And, you yeah. know, to, to get the details of, like, LA, LA's riots, because I was really mm-hmm. mostly hearing about what was happening in New York, and we were witnessing that, of course. But to hear, you know, people setting things on fire and just, like, that being one extra... And that curfew. And the curfew. Right. Yeah. But having that be one extra thing. One more hurdle. Hurdle for the for the doctors to have to right. navigate. This is something I've been thinking about as an overall topic that I've been thinking about lately as, you know, we're still in this pandemic, but things have opened up yeah. so much more. And there is an element that kind of feels like we're all just back at it again there's like this crazy current that's kind of like running through everyone right now and maybe it's because everyone is excited that we can go back out and we're doing things that we quote unquote were deemed normal before but it's been really interesting for me emotionally think trying to navigate through this because there's a part of me that keeps wondering are we gonna not forget but push to the very, very, very backs of our minds what it was like for, like, the first year. You know, the fact that I, like, forgot about the riots. And the th- and, and, and originally, um, and last week when we were talking about, um, I don't remember what it was, but, like, one of the early COVID protocols that happened, I was like, oh, that's right, I forgot about that. It's like, I'm wondering how much mm. we are going to not ignore but you know what i'm saying i feel like i know what you mean it's like are you are you saying like are we willfully pushing that stuff away like are we yeah it's like no one wants we don't want to deal with it anymore like we don't want to think about it because it was so horrific and terrible that we're like almost acting as if it didn't exist and i wonder if there's ever going to come a point where we're like oh yeah that is what that was like similarly to on right. the 20th anniversary of 911 how people were like oh yeah, yeah it is the anniversary of 911 and i had that moment of like is there going to come a time where we don't think about it anymore do you know what i'm saying i mean i kind of get what you're saying but then i sort of disagree because it all depends like what is happening in your life at the moment because going mm. through a pregnancy still dealing with covid protocols Andrew not being able to be in the room with me during the appointments. Thank God he was there during her birth. Um, Just only having two people there at the hospital with me as opposed to having a whole bunch of visitors. Yeah. Having, you know, not being able to share Lorette with anybody for like almost the first two months of her life because Mm. not only is it COVID, but then the flu and then, you know, the whooping cough. Right. Yeah, you still are very much I'm still feeling, I'm still in there 150%. Even today, oh, going wow. and having doing a table read, like I was the only one. I was one of two wearing masks because I still am afraid yeah. that you know I could what have could one of home. those rare cases. Even though I already have the booster shot, that I could potentially catch COVID and right. then I could pass it along to her. The thing That's I was true. saying to Jason, actually, I think just this morning or yesterday, was I wonder if there there is going to come a time in our lifetime, and I think there will, where we have to 
specify which pandemic we mean. Like, oh. I wonder if there's going to come a time where, yeah, we've forgotten about COVID because there have been two other pandemics and we have to say, oh, no, not the COVID pandemic. I'm talking about this other the pandemic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Like that to me is wild it because is that's be definitely wild. going to happen. Mm. And because it's not over yet completely. So who knows this what right. next variant yeah. will come our way. And then what what are we going to have to do then? Right. Right. Ugh. Wait, ladies. <laughs> what? Oh, what? Welcome to Deep Dive. recommendation for a deeper dive into an aspect of the book that we're reading. Yeah, yeah. This deep dive, I want to recommend a brand new documentary called The First Wave. It's a film that spotlights the everyday heroes at one of the hardest hit New York City hospitals in the first four months of the COVID pandemic. Whoa. Oh my gosh. It actually makes its theatrical debut tomorrow. So I haven't seen it yet. Okay. But based on the trailer and the articles, I'm anxious and nervous to see this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's created by Oscar-nominated and Emmy-winning filmmaker Matthew Heineman, who put his own life at risk to make this film by gaining exclusive access to this hospital from March to June of 2020 to capture this footage. Wow. Him and his crew. Wow. It won't be an easy one to watch, but it will no. give us a very close-up look at the doctors and nurses who were working tirelessly to save their patients' lives, much like the ones attending to Nick Cordero in the ICU. Yeah. The film is quoted to be a testament to the strength of the human spirit. Again, oh, that's gosh. the documentary, The First Wave, out in theaters tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. I might have to wait a little bit before I can watch that. Yeah, same here. But it sounds incredible. I might need a minute. It sounds wonderful. And actually hearing you say that also makes me think of the, like, amazing stories that we get from Amanda this week about the nurses and the doctors tending to Nick. Like, how helpful they were for her, you know, helping her lay down next to him, letting them blast music and dance and make noise. Like, it just... it. It really seemed like they were trying to do everything possible yeah. to help. Yeah, and them giving into that because initially when both Anna and Amanda were like dancing and listening to all the music and singing at the top of their lungs, they were all like, what is going on? But then they realized they're, that that should be in the ICU all the time to help all these other poor you know, patients who are completely on their own. Who are alone. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you brought up that that moment when Amanda was lying in the bed, was allowed to lie in the bed with Nick in the hospital bed. Oh, God. It was such a beautiful moment Uh, when they cuddled together, listening to Ella Fitzgerald's Dream a Little Dream of Me. Oh, my God, that song. That just pulled at my heartstrings, literally. Um, Yeah. I mean, how brave of Amanda to share such an incredibly intimate moment between a husband and a wife with us, you know? I could feel her pain and feel their love as I read about this sacred time. Yeah. The three of us are, <laughs> yes, Lorette. Well, the four of us. She's I'm like, I'm here about your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're very blessed to have compassionate, supportive men in our lives. Mm. Would each of you mind sharing an intimate time that you have had with your husband where you felt that if that were the end of this life, this very moment would epitomize your love for one another? I mean, the moment that comes to mind for me is, um, I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast, but Jason, as you ladies know, my husband, uh, suffers from a a chronic head pain issue. And so throughout the years, we've been through uh, so many different treatments to try to find something that will help. And so several years back, I I don't think we had been married that long. Like, I remember the word wife was still very fresh <laughs> to me. Like, when doctors were referring to me that way, it was like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm the wife. And Jason was having this procedure done where they had to – I honestly don't fully remember what the procedure was, but they had to put this cage around his head. Like, there were holes that got, like, slightly drilled into his head, and he had this – thing around his head and so like when he would rest back on the bed like these things were pushing into his head like it hurt to lay back and I got to go in and just like be with him for a little bit before he was going to have this procedure Mm -hmm. 
And I remember just like holding his hand and like feeling how real that was. Like I am holding his hand right now. I have this in my hands, but then at the same time feeling like none of this is in my hands. Like he's, I'm going to let go of his hand. He's going to go into a room and I will have no control over what happens in there. No idea what's happening in there until he comes out. And that just felt, it was such like a vulnerable, mm-hmm. scary feeling. Um, but like, for sure, it's one of those moments that just makes you grateful that like, you have this, per- we have each other mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And that could change in an instant. Yes. But for this moment, like, I've got you. Yeah. Ugh, I get emotional just thinking about oh it. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's funny because mine is also... A hand-holding moment. <laughs> hmm. Mine, the moment that came to mind for me was after our wedding, we had stayed in Richmond where we got married for a few days after the wedding, you know, just to kind of like decompress and yeah, um, and like have a little extra time with my parents. I think just a couple days. I don't really remember when we went back, but I remember we got it. We packed the whole car And we were in the driveway. We just said bye to my parents. And, you know, the car was full of all of the wedding stuff, like the leftover leftover liquor that we were bringing back and all of the wedding stuff and, like, the decorations or whatever. So it was a full car. And we said bye to my parents, which was emotional because there was, you know, just a lot filled with that. And then we drove out of the driveway and – I was driving, and the second that I turned out of the driveway on the street, I just started weeping because there was just all of this pent-up emotion and exhaustion, and, you know, it had just been, like, a really huge emotional-filled time, and I had been holding it together, and I think also saying bye to my parents, who I I was feeling so grateful because they were the ones that had really, like, made the wedding happen, there was just a lot and yeah he reached over and held my hand and he was like it's okay he's like you can cry it all out now he's like let it let it go like oh my god cry you just cry and he stroked his thumb over my thumb which he always does for me in like if I'm really scared or like heightened Mm -hmm. emotion which I've learned that he does because I, I recognize that he does that now like when I'm scared and we just sat in silence and he just let me cry and he just stroked my thumb and and you talk about being a fresh wife and having a fresh husband you know we had just gotten married but I just remember thinking god I'm so grateful that this man is my husband and Mm. and he's got my back (laughs) you know what's interesting too about that is that Mariana and I and Jason flew back to New York together after your wedding. Right. Aww. And that was one of the first times, Mariana, I think that you had said to me that like you and Andrew wanted a family, family. and like it was like like it was a thing that you were really considering. Like really thinking about. Yeah. yeah like it was Aww. something that was very much on the table. Yeah. Because of Brandy, we got to the airport like two hours. <laughs> so we had some like Rome off. He was like, "Bye." <laughs> we had more time sat to there chat. Yeah. Good really for you, Brandy. Deep. Yeah. Um, well, bringing up my pregnancy and then my beautiful baby girl. That poor thing. She's not enjoying this right now. I'm so sorry. Um, oh. My moment was, like I mentioned to you ladies before, um, that going through a C-section was a very, (laughs) it was traumatic to say the least. Yeah. But now I know that if it wouldn't have, if we wouldn't have gone through that, I probably wouldn't have this beautiful, precious, incredible Mm. everything. Like this, this, this being that is the most amazing thing that has happened in my life. But the moment that I, that Andrew and I were told that our baby girl was in distress and that she might've had some maybe possible brain damage and that they needed to 
basically take me into the OR to make sure that her and I were safe. Looking in Andrew's eyes and him holding my hand. Again, the hand holding thing is like, yeah. is everything. But him looking at me and saying, you're going to be okay. I'm going to be with you this the whole time. It's only going to be a few minutes before they bring me in, but you'll be fine. You'll be safe. And then I'm proud of you. You're so strong. Uh-huh. You can do this. That, at that point, I said, okay, whatever happens, happens. But I've been as strong as I can be for this little one. And things are going to be fine. Whew. Yeah. And that's love. <laughs> <laughs> He's a brilliant dad now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And husband. We, we're very lucky ladies. We are. Even when. We are, Lorette. <laughs> <laughs> even when, when funny. I was I finishing reading these chapters and I was sobbing and Ricardo was in the kitchen eating like crunchy rice cakes and I was like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> like. I can't Wait, hear you, you chew that? right you now. Think about chewing. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand like yeah. the loud crunch, and he knows. But he was just deaf to the fact that I was like sobbing reading a book, and I was like, "Can you?" I was like, "I can't <laughs> listen like to you chips. chew right now." I had to put like my headphones in. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it when guy. Well, it, and it's very similar to what happened with Nick this week. Like when guys are just completely oh, oblivious. The fantasy land. Yeah. Oh. Not just fantasy land, but also the Mother's Day thing. Yeah. I couldn't help thinking about oh. you, Mariana, in that moment and how, like, kind of devastating that would be if, like, like clearly you're a mom. She yeah. was, like, a month or two away from giving birth. Like, she's a mom, guy. Give it to her. And she was still so hopeful that he was, like, going to surprise her later on in the day. She was just, I like, know. waiting for something. She oh, was goodness. waiting. That's yeah. so funny, Brandy. I mean, I know why you said you thought of Mariana because it was Mother's Day and Mariana was pregnant. But the whole time I was reading those, I was like, oh, my God, I feel so seen. Because I think I've talked to you, too, about this before, how I have this battle with Ricardo every holiday. Oh, yes. Because he does not agree with giving flowers for, right. for events when they're expected. Though I have seen him do that He has. He has. He, he does the surprise. <laughs> he won't write cards. Like, I'm such a huge card person. He's like, I won't oh. write cards. Like, Why? He, Will he give you a card and just not write anything in it or no. just no cards? Sometimes just he'll no write cards. me what he calls letters. He's like, I refuse to do cards, but I'll do letters. But it's the same kind of thing every holiday where I'm, like, looking at him, like, waiting. Like, is this going to be the one oh, where he surprises no. me because he's doing the thing that he always says he won't do? And he usually doesn't because he's a man of his word. But so this wow. holiday thing, like, really got me because I was like, I get it. Oh, all right. So when you get pregnant, we will make sure that we let him know Mother's Day counts. Please. While she's do. pregnant, make a big ass deal. Thank you. Yes, I got you. We sent, we, got we did you. something for Mariana, right? I think we yeah, got yeah, flowers. Yeah. Okay, her, okay, we good. We sent her some flowers. I, I think was like, oh my God, did we sent... do something? <laughs> no, of course you did. Lots of people did. sent her flowers. You did. And, yes. You guys did. So, because yeah. we know what how to celebrate. That? That's right. I thought you were talking about Nick's fantasy land at first, because that also, like, made me giggle. That kind of blew my mind, though. Like, when she said he had missed matinee, like, fantasy land, fine. We all go to fantasy land. Yeah, you missed a matinee? Because you were in fantasy? Like, what? I, I would know. kill someone to I have know. that matinee. How are you just, like, right. pissing it away in a fantasy land? And he would spend what are we hours, doing? like, literally I hours. I know. That would make me crazy. Crazy. well there was a cool thing that happened this week when i shouldn't say cool that sounds terrible (laughs) before what i'm about to say there was this moment this week when amanda's sister reminds her that nick has been asleep for 40 days and that 40 is this significant biblical number Mm -hmm. and i thought of the two of you because emma and i had recently realized that next year The three of us have this strong numerical connection point because it's going to be 2022 
which is 22 is y'all's number. Yeah. And I'm going to be turning 37. Yeah. Which is my number. Wow. Which is wild that all three of us yeah. are having this like overlap happen. Yeah. So as we read the chapters this week, we learned that 40 is associated with, at least in the Bible, it's associated with testing, trials, and judgment, mm. which of course is particularly poignant for what Nick is going through. But I wondered what the significance of your number, your special numbers is, how they came to be your special numbers, and how or if they've guided you to anything. I don't have a very exciting answer to this, actually, because I don't know when 22 became my number or why. Weird. What I do remember is that it used to be the number two, and then... I don't know. It just got in my head that, well, if I like the number two, then if I add another two and it's 22, then that must be luckier. And I'm pretty sure that that's how I got to that. <laughs> like, there's no rhyme or reason. That is hilarious. There's nothing. So, you're, so your number used to be just two. Yeah. And then I made it 22 because I was like, well, it's two twos. <laughs> the two twos. And then in a few years, it'll be three twos. It'll be two, two, two. Well, anytime that there's more, anytime, yeah, anytime that there's twos consecutively, I look at that as lucky. But it's not like there's been something that's happened to me with the number 22 and I was like, this is now my lucky number. But it is funny because I see the number 22 everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I do question, do I only notice that number because it's my number? Right. Right. You know, like, like there if are my number so many were numbers six, all the time, and mm-hmm. I then You'd I would see, see six everywhere. Yeah. So if I'm being really honest, I don't know that that really means anything. But I do believe that those are kind of signs. Like I always happen to look at the clock when it's ten twenty four, which is my birthday. Mm-hmm. I always look at the clock at ten twenty four, and so I do think that there's something in that, and I don't know what that is. But it's similar to how I look at astrology you know i think that Mm -hmm. some things are just kind of written as they are and yeah numbers play a huge part in that you know like sad you you both know about saturn returns right Mm -hmm. no that when you're between 27 through 29 you go through a period called saturn returns where saturn is in the sky at the same place as it was when you were born so you go through like a huge transformational journey in your life just because of where the planet is in relation to where it was when you were born. It's amazing. And well, everyone shit, that I've that. Well, go back and see if you can figure out what it was. Okay. Because yeah. every time I tell someone who's in their Saturn return, they're all like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's why this is happening. Hmm. And so it's like a numerical yeah, you know, it's a numerical thing and also an astrological right. thing. So I'm really not answering your question well. Well, let me ask you this. Knowing that 2022 is coming. Yes. Does that feel significant for you in any way? Like, does the fact that it's going to be 2022, well, what does that do for you? I really don't like odd numbers. I'm very into even numbers. And so I was really nervous when it was 2021 that this would be like a really shitty year. And it was in many regards, but also it was pretty fabulous in many regards. And so this year has kind of taught me like maybe I should put that out of my brain. But I will say this year on a Tuesday will be February 22nd, 2022. That is 2-22-22. Right. On a Tuesday. Get it? Wait, and how do you know that? Tuesday. Because someone posted that meme online somewhere, and I saved it, and I came across it recently to remind myself. So it's going to be Tuesday on 222 no. 222. Yeah, 22. 22. 22. 22. So we can yeah. really call okay, it Tuesday. Weird. Tuesday. <laughs> and that makes me very excited, and I think we should throw a party. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to do something fucking oh, yeah. special. I'm going to do something oh, hell epic. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> we all go skydiving. Hell no. Uh, hell no. Yeah, you can go by yourself, and I'll be in a spectator. I'll watch you. from the ground. Like, you know, I'll have a big sign. Yeah. Oh, I love you. Go up. 
Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like the New York Marathon, but uh, you'll be falling. <laughs> yeah. to it's the Tuesday, <laughs> bitches. I'm jumping out of a plane. <laughs> what about y'all? Do you do you know why, Mariana? Yeah, actually, it was my parents' favorite number because they got married on December 22nd. Oh. 1981. So 22 oh. was always like a thing in our family, especially because it's dad. your mom's number too. Yeah, but more so my dad. It was the family number, but more so for my dad. A lot of things kept happening that involved the number 22. Oh. So it just kept reoccurring. Mm. And then for me, so I just like decided, I was like, oh, I like that number. I also like even numbers too. I also, when I look at the clock, it's always at 222 for some strange mm-hmm. reason. Like there's always, or when I'm like walking in Manhattan and then I see the building, it's the number 22. Like uh-huh. that catches my eye all the time. Mm-hmm. But Lorette was born on September 2nd. So two yeah. was in there. Right. When we picked up waffles was September 22nd. And it's not like we planned these. Like, they just happened. Yeah, she wasn't supposed to be born that day, right? Lorette wasn't supposed to be born on September 2nd. She was supposed to be born September uh, 10th. Right, right, right. right. Um, What's crazy, though, is when Andrew and I were thinking about having a family, we were thinking, well, 2020. 2020 is the year. 2020 is going to be like the shit. Oh, God. You know, it's the time that we're going to decide to move out of the the city. It was the shit, literally. (laughs) (laughs) But it's because it had the number 22 on it. So I was like, okay, 2020, even number. It has 22, not 22, uh but 22. Things are going to happen. We're going to move on with our lives. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be. Things are going to happen. Little did you know. And then (laughs) shit happened. And then the fun started. Yep. And so, Mariana, have you thought about 2022 and, like, what the significance of that year could be for you? I'm not going to say it's going to be the shit year because I already said that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's, like, all-encompassing because now that I have my daughter, now that we're in a place that we love, that we stayed in New York, I just think things are going to continue looking very bright for us. Yeah. And it's... It just happens to be in the year 2022. So I'm just, I'm very optimistic of what's to come next year. Hmm. Why is 37 your number, Brandy? I don't know. So 37 and ele- like 1137 and 37 have haunted me since I was like a little kid. I used to dream about those numbers. And I think I told you guys, like, my dreams are usually pretty dark. So yeah. like... For me, 1137 and 37 were kind of sinister numbers that would, like, follow me. And it was very creepy to encounter them. But then when I started dating Jason, completely randomly, I mentioned that to him one night. And he kind of freaked out and was like, why did you say that? (laughs) I had, like, just mentioned that 1137, like, was a weird thing for me. And he was like, why did you say that? He was really weirded out by it. And I, like, explained to him the whole thing. And he was like... Those are my numbers. And he had had the same exact numbers, except his were positive. Like for him, anytime 1137 showed up, it was like a sign for him to like go in that direction. So he literally said to me later, he was like, that's how I knew I could trust you, that you said those numbers. (gasps) And I was like, whoa, that's so weird because for me, those numbers are not usually positive. They're like, for me, it's more like pay attention when I see those numbers. It's not necessarily good. It's Uh just... Wake up. Crazy. So we've both obviously been waiting for our 37, for our 37th year to come along. Jason's was horrible. His was the worst, 37. And so now I'm heading into mine and I'm trying to remain cautiously optimistic. He keeps saying his was so bad that it's almost like mine has to be really good to make up for how bad it is. (laughs) Oh, no. So... Fingers crossed for me, ladies. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm curious, like, if you two, while reading this book, I found myself experiencing it in a really interesting way, especially this week. There's so much music that starts to come into play because she starts playing it for him. Mm. And I kept, I wondered if you guys were doing the same thing. I kept stopping. Every time she mentioned a song, I stopped and I put it on spotify and i listened to the songs while i was reading that part of the book i just found myself playing all of the music and feeling so 
it just, I felt so immediately like what a huge part of their life that is. You know what I mean? Just music. Mm -hmm. And ever since I finished reading these chapters this whole week, I've been like playing music so much more just on the day to day. You know, it's so interesting because since I was following Amanda Kutz's Instagram page, like when all of this started unraveling, I would see her with Elvis doing music mornings. Yeah, I love that. Oh, And that actually inspired me to always play music in the morning for Lorette. And I found like a whole bunch of really great playlists on Spotify for kids with all these kids songs in English and in Spanish, plus like the Disney classics. So I I was inspired by her to do so because music has always been such a huge part of my life. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I want her to have that since day one. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever do the mommy and me music classes with her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually got a card from one of the chicks in Central Park mm-hmm. when I saw it over the summer when she was giving one of the classes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm definitely going to do that once the weather is good for us yeah. to do that. Cute. <laughs> you guys could come along. And we can-, can we come? Are mommies allowed? <laughs> I'm a dog mommy. There you go. <laughs> well, the only other thing that I have that I thought was worth mentioning was we were talking last week or no in the first episode Brandy you were asking us about Amanda starting to date again and how she was getting backlash Mm. that was week one right whenever that was I think so yeah and now we see in this week's chapters that Nick's mom Leslie was the one telling Amanda that she should try to find love again if they lose Nick which I thought was so meaningful and so selfless. Yeah, so, so selfless. And you know, it's like I support I would support Amanda no matter His what mom. her decision was for that, but to have the blessing and not even the blessing, but the request from Nick's yeah. mom that she do that. It's like that that was open for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy, it's like she was kind of a guide, somewhat of a coach, because she had just gone through it with her own husband. So she wanted Amanda to have, Mm. you know, to be able to move on with life and to be able to be happy when, you know, when everything went down. I did think it was so sad, though, when she kind of, I forget exactly what she said, but she was kind of hinting at, like, we're still, like, going to be a part of Elvis's family. Like, we're still a part of Elvis's family, right? Like, we'll still be important to him like almost like she was saying like if nick dies hoping are we still going to be included in in elvis's life and i thought that was so just like such a sad thing for a grandparent to have to think about like am i going to get as much access to my grandbaby yeah. now that my son is not here oh. well i need something to lighten up this week's chapters slash conversation oh, please so please please I want to play a fun game called Hooray For, based on Amanda and Anna's t-shirt business. I liked this. I want to hear your top five Hooray Fours, as silly or as serious as you want, said as enthusiastically as possible, followed by a sip of your cocktail. Or seltzer. Oh, my God. (laughs) Mariana. I'll drink for you, Mariana. Yes. All right. (laughs) I'll start with number one. Hooray for all those amazing people who ran the New York City Marathon and made me cry all day. Oh, yeah. Number two, hooray for science, vaccines, and healthcare heroes. Yes. You took mine, so. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yes, double. Drink double for me. Number three, hooray for little Lorette Bell, who's right here Mm. entering into this world full of wonder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To thrive and always remaining happy and healthy. (laughs) Yay! Yay! Number four. Hooray for happy hours with amazing girlfriends who make six hours feel like two. Yes! You guys are stealing all mine. mine, You bitch. I know that was mine too. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Number five. Hooray for flowers and walks and fresh air. (gasps) Yes. (sighs) Okay. Numero seis. Hooray for believing in one's dreams. (laughs) Number seven. Hooray for white noise apps and machines. (laughs) 
Hell yeah. Number eight. Hooray for acts of self-care. Oh, they matter, y'all. Yeah. Hmm. They matter. Well, similarly, <laughs> number 10, hooray for having grace for thyself. Yeah. Yes. Get it. Whatever the next number is, hooray for Broadway being back and actors (gasps) being employed again. Yes. Yes. Number something. (laughs) We're recording on Veterans Day, so hooray for our veterans. Oh, yeah. Number, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> for endless unconditional love plus laughter. That's never ending. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Hooray for watching my cat Jack play with leaves outside. It brings him so much joy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that too. Number oh, second to last. <laughs> Hooray for people bravely telling their own stories and sharing them with us. Yes. Hooray. Well, bring it home, Mariana. And bring it home. And this is going to be more for me. But hooray for mothers that can do it all. Yes, bitch. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Who fucking Ray? With the help of the tias. Yeah, we're coming over there tomorrow. We'll be there to help tomorrow, girl. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Did they ever start that T-shirt? I think they did. Yeah, I, she wears did. those all the time. Actually, yeah, it's full oh, blown. she does. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which is mind blowing to me that she also started that business too. Truly? She's like, I yeah. want to bring positivity into this world more. So. And how does she have time to do it all? I don't know. And she still jumps rope ten minutes a day. Like, well, like we mentioned in the last episode with Anna and Todd. I mean, she Aww. she had yeah, that's she a had lot of help. they had their, her back. She had their back. They had her back. They and had all each other's backs. Yeah. That diagram was so Oh, the and he big was like, email. I'm on the outside. Oh my god, I know. And then they formed their own new circle. I was like <laughs> I like almost feel bad for the other siblings. <laughs> Isn't I there know. another sister? <laughs> There's one more sister or two more sisters? I think there's two. Yeah, like those girls are getting left out of this one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the relationship between Anna and Amanda seems so special. That that story about the her divorce and them going to frozen yoga with let it go and then the cryotherapy and then frozen and and, serendipity. Yeah. Oh, and then serendipity. So cute. I I was immediately like, is serendipity still open? Like I've got to go there. Oh, is it? Did you look it up? We should look. I went once as a kid. I only had gone once too. Well, it looks really like it is still open. Should we should we have a happy hour date there? Oh, we should totally do that. Because I also do think that they have like those massive frozen hot chocolates. And That's what I'm about. <gasps> so we could have a full on happy hour at Serendipities. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. I wanted to mention, since I've been told many times that I look like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Ah, uh-huh, was- you do blown away by what jennifer love hewitt did i know yeah elvis's birthday party yeah in the movie theater and that family movie night that was really generous and thoughtful super generous and also like just i don't know i feel like sometimes i don't know if this is true for the two of you too but sometimes i'm hesitant to reach out when people are going through a hard time because i don't want to bother uh-huh and so to just have somebody who's so open and, you know, somebody who's just going to reach out and be like, what can I do? Anything. What do you need? I'm And great. doesn't take do no that. for an answer. Yeah. Like, the, I just think that's a really special quality. And I, I did make a mental note of that being Absolutely. like, you know what? It's something that you would appreciate being done for you. So why do you hesitate to do it for someone else? Mm-hmm. So true, Brandy. But it's weird that I do. I hesitate. Yeah. It's I like the compliment it. thing. It's like we don't. We feel weird sometimes giving compliments. Remember, we had this conversation. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I think the key is what she did was say, "What do you need? 
What do you uh, need? Whatever you need, I'll make it happen. It was like, it was just, what do you want? What do you need at this and it moment? Did, and it also seemed like as soon, she already had this idea of like Elvis's birthday. And then it was immediately like, I got it then. Yeah. You guys pick a theme and then I will, I will do, do it. it. So it, it was so sweetly still inclusive of what they would want. But it was like, I got the mm-hmm. details. I got the heavy lifting mm-hmm. part, which yeah. I thought was really sweet. I kept thinking a lot of going back to the whole fantasy land scenario, how practical Amanda was as opposed to mm. how much of a dreamer Nick was. And even though Amanda had these dreams of being on Broadway and being a rocket and, you know, being a professional dancer and an artist, but it seemed to me that she was just so incredibly practical. And Nick was really like more so of the creative side of the dreamer. And he Mm -hmm. did. He was Mm -hmm. constantly dreaming or in his fantasy land. And I found myself thinking about my relationship with Andrew. And I even thought of you, B, because you're such a type A. I wonder why. (laughs) I think one thing about her, too, is like she is extremely practical, but like she's also extremely playful Mm. in her everyday life. She might not be the dreamer with her head in the clouds, but... I feel like her life is constantly about play, yeah. dancing. You're right. You know, games that they play fun, like just moments that she wants to create. That seems to be a constant mm-hmm. theme. She's her. living her life. Oh. Yeah. Yep. She is. Mm. Let's cheers to living our lives. Living our oh. lives. Salud, chicas. Brandy, you've moved on to something else, I guess. Oh, girl, it's almost finished. You know it. All right, ladies. I got a final quiz, y'all. Oh, give it to us. In light of the baking Oreos fiasco with Amanda and Anna, which was so funny to read about. (laughs) It was. What's something that you've baked or cooked that came out a disaster? (laughs) Give us the dish. Okay, I'm really embarrassed right now, but I don't bake. Oh, me neither. Why is that embarrassing? That's not embarrassing. Because yeah, I'm you sure know what? That's start true. With her for her. No, it's not bake. all women need to bake. Yeah, I've never baked anything. That's Maybe fine. Like the, Ever the Pillsbury croissants. <laughs> yeah, baking. You, did you screw those up? No. Well, no. <laughs> but so I, everything um, you've ever made has been beautiful and perfect. Not re- I mean, I've burned stuff I burned myself. I have a couple of scars oh. where I've burned myself because oh, no. I like cooked salmon or steak or, you know. Oh. I was really excited about what I was doing and I wanted it to be the perfect temperature, but I ended up burning myself when I like picked oh, up the no. pan. <laughs> oh, no. There you go. That's my story. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. You're perfection in the kitchen. Uh. Got it. <laughs> so... One time I tried making those little like, you know, those little whoopie pies that it's like like, cookies on either side, but they're like cake cookies Mm -hmm. and like cream in the middle. I tried making those one time and um, I pretty much ended up with just like flat little blobs that weren't even really round. They were like almond. They looked like amoebas on a tray. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck. And I still tried putting them together, and Jason took one look at them and was like, yeah, no, that's not. Oh, my God. They were pretty sad. Were they tasty? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. The cream was good, the cream that goes in the middle, but not so much whoopee in the pie, if you know what I mean. You made the whoopee. Not the pie. Not the pie. (laughs) Well, I also do not bake. But last year, I did try making a vegan macaroni and cheese sauce recipe that I found online. And (laughs) this particular (laughs) recipe to make the, the cheese part of the macaroni and cheese called for potatoes and carrots and some other ingredients. And you were supposed to, like, mix it all up in the (laughs) food processor with some, like, nutritional yeast. And it was supposed to be, like, a cheesy, yellowy, creamy sauce. Amazing. Delicious. This fucking shit came out, like... (laughs) orange mashed potatoes it was the nastiest the consistency was wrong it tasted absolutely nothing like cheese 
It was foul. Oh, no. I think I was so upset I cried because I was so excited to no. eat macaroni and cheese. And like and so much work and goes so into that And so much stuff. work. And that was supposed <laughs> to be dinner. And so then I was like, well, now I don't have dinner. So I was like, we're doing takeout. <laughs> so oh. mad. <laughs> oh, Emma. Uh, no whoopee for you either. No whoopee for you. <laughs> no whoopee for me. <laughs> all right y'all thank you all so much for listening we love doing this podcast and we hope you love listening if you do love listening leave us a fabulous five star review on apple podcasts or you know what just drop by instagram and share a comment with us we'd love to say hey also send us a listener question yeah is there anything more you would like to know about us i'm sure there's a lot that we haven't mentioned as of yet yeah we lay a lot out out on the table. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, join in on our discussion and answer one of our questions from a previous episode. We might just feature yeah. thoughts during the upcoming Hora de Felicidad. Oh. For our final episode next week, part four, we're reading to the end of the book. Stay tuned on our Instagram page at Are These Books Drunk for the final cocktail pairing of season two. It better be good. It better be. I'll tell Ricardo. (laughs) He's fired. So that you can read along and sip along with us. Because it's always happy hour here. Here, here. Do I have anything left in here? I do. (laughs) Holding it down. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. One more, ladies. Live your lives. Live your lives. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. The red says bye. Bye.